You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. Everybody say, I'll make it. Say it like you mean, I'll make it. And you might be going through some stuff or have challenges or projects or whatever. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. If, if, you, if you look at this right and hook up with the power that God has for you, you'll make it. But notice that he said that in him, he, he's, he's, I'm telling you some things, Jesus said, but this is the deal. He said, in me, you're gonna, you, you'll have perfect peace and confidence. He said, but in the world, and, and I had you say real life. He said, in the world, you're going to have some stuff going on. And maybe you could testify to that. And it's, it reads this way. He said, tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. Now that struck me, I was reading this the other morning, tribulation and trials typically are outside of you and then distress and frustration are inside. So we've got stuff going on outside and what Jesus is saying is you're always going to have those things going on on the outside. And what I want to help you with is the things on the inside. And now Paul in second Corinthians seven, five He said this, for indeed, we came to Macedonia. Our bodies had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Watch carefully. Outside were conflicts. Inside were fears. So you've got stuff going on on the outside and you've got stuff going on on the inside. And that's real life. What we've got to do a good job of is work on the stuff on the inside. Now, as you prosper on the inside. Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your, as your soul prospers. So from the inside out, you're going to be able to help and affect the things that are on the outside. Unfortunately, we live backwards most of the time. And the things that are on the outside compress and work and wreak havoc on the inside. Things come up and if we don't have the strength on the inside, we collapse. Years ago, I showed you a video of an experiment that we all did probably in seventh grade science labs, you know, with a uh, metal gas can, unused, never been filled with gas. And you you take the cap off and you put that cap over a Bunsen burner and it heats up and it expands and expands, expands. And then you put the, the cap back on when it's expanded and you can hear it crackling, you know, just... And then you put that cap on and just set it and leave it alone. And as it cools, as it cools, it will just collapse. It will just collapse because of the change of what's going on in the molecular structure and so forth. But what happens is this. When the pressure on the outside is greater than the pressure on the strength on the inside, you will collapse. And we have people all around us and people even here tonight. And we all feel this on occasion that the pressure on the outside is just causing things on the inside. And that's real life. That's real life. And so faith does this. Listen, faith does not deny. Faith relies. And we don't have to live like, how are you doing? Everything's fine. Perfect. If it was any better. You know, people have all these things and, and I appreciate a positive outlook. You know, if I'm, I'm going through something and I've taught you all this, I'm either up or I'm getting up. Sometimes I'll say, I don't know, but I will know. Sometimes I'll th- say things like this. Everything always works out for me. 
And so you've got to, you know, we've got to know our direction. But we all go through things. We all deal with things. And we want to approach these things real life. And so I want to introduce tonight to you kind of where we're headed with this. Now, in Jeremiah 6.14 in the Living Bible, it says this. You can't heal a wound by saying it's not there. You can't heal a wound by saying it's not there. That's in the Living Bible. Uh, but what that's saying is, is we can't. Just deny situations, conditions, issues, problems that are in our life, in our family, in ourself. And uh, so we've, we want to work on this. And, and I believe God has given us a plan to do this. Amen. Part of the mission, the battle cry of Meadowbrook Church is this. Finding peace on earth. Finding peace on earth. And that's what we want. We don't want to come here and act religious and act like we all got all our whatever. You know what? Something's wrong with the church if broken people are not attending the church. And, and Joyce Meyer said this a few years ago. She said, we need to get uh, hurts healed and ready to help. Hurts healed and ready to help. Go ahead and say it. Hurts healed and ready to help. That's, that's where we need to be. And, and not act like we've always had our act together. I was born in Sunday school. Filled with the spirit on my first birthday. And, you know... You know, the reality is lots happen in life, you know, and, and this is, these are open doors for hurting people. You know, I'll get into this a little bit more in the the end of the message, but Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. And so we'll, we'll look at that as we go here. Now, much of ministry, as I have shared with you, I've kind of discovered is people repair. Much of ministry is people repair. How many of you have had any repairs going on in you? How many of you are still in the shop? Okay. Um, how many of you are glad Jesus paid the bill? <laughs> and that you're under warranty. That's, that's good. Much of ministry is people repair. And much of ministry is, is reactive. And we're wanting to become more and more proactive. Much of ministry is redemptive. And we're wanting to become more and more preemptive. One of the things we're doing in the church is a a new initiative that we've got rolling tonight. It's rolling. It's called Next Generation Ministries. And we're going to continue to do things like that. I was reading with, uh, meeting with all of the, um, have a blessed week, y'all. I was meeting with all of the uh, Next Generation team yesterday on some things that we're working on because we want to be very, very proactive uh, without taking time for it all. By age 21, seven out of eight people that are going to get born again, get born again. By age 25, their worldview is solid. And so we've got to target that next generation and not just be reactive and catch them later when they didn't get saved or their worldview got skewed. We've got to do an awesome work uh, and we're going to be calling y'all to help us do a lot of things to invest and to pray and to work and to do some other things because we've, we've got a big job to do. Can I get an amen out of that? Now people repair is necessary because of damage and the damage comes from wrong directions and wrong decisions. Quick, informal, non-scientific survey. How many of you have had wrong directions and wrong decisions? Okay. And what happens when we do that is we incur damage. We incur spiritual damage, physical damage, emotional damage, relational damage. I mean, there's all kinds of damage that takes place in our life. Some of it is self-inflicted. 
self-propelled. Some of it is accidental. And some of it, as, as one author put it, is from an unwelcomed shove. You know, we've had some things happen in our life that were really somebody else caused those things to happen, you know, in our lives. So whatever the source is, it, there's problems and damage. And this is the thing about problems. Problems become patterns unless you get help. Problems become patterns unless you get help. And what we're going to do with this real life uh, Wednesday nights is we're going to straight up talk about problems. We're going to address them in the light of scripture and, and we're going to show you what's scriptural, that it's practical and that it's applicable and we're going to be doers of this and God's going to help us in, in some amazing, amazing ways. Now, the goal of this is just like if an ox is stuck in the ditch, you're not going to be able to get that ox out. You're going to need some help. And so the goal of this is to get all of us out of the ditch, get us back up on the right road, get us going in the right direction. And are you ready for this? And to help you to get ready to help somebody. I want you to get some vision for your life if you're going through something tonight. And as I look across, I know several situations. Don't get nervous. It's not, it's not like, hmm, I see what's going on in you. It's, it's, it's not that. Uh, I'm just personally aware of several situations that some people are walking through some tough stuff that are here tonight. And I want you to get some vision for this, that you're going to make it through. You will make it through with the help of God. And you know what? You're, you're going to be able to help somebody. There's some people I can help to a certain degree. But because I haven't been through that kind of thing, I can't fully relate. And some, but there are other things that I've been through that I can really help some people. I can fully relate. And such is your case as well. And even what you're going through right now, believe that your test could end up being a testimony. And that you're going to be able to comfort others with the comfort that you yourself are being comforted with by God. And and that's real life. That's real ministry. And that's what we're looking at here. If I were to give a bottom line thing, it it would just be this regarding this whole real life. It has to do with this help. Everybody say help. Um, we're very deliberate and intentional about our services and what we do. And we're constantly reviewing. And, you know, right now I'm even thinking about some things. Why do we do that? And you know, over the last few years, I've, I've in particular looked at a number of practices that churches do and I go, you know what? It's not even in the Bible or that's really not what the Bible says, or we got that from a tradition or, or whatever. And I want to, I want to make sure that we're doing church God's way. One time we were painting when I was, when I was a kid, we lived in a mobile home and, and my, my, my stepdad here every service, uh, first service on Sundays. He's in, he was in construction forever and he built on. So we had just a single wide mobile home, but he built on all kinds of stuff. And one day we were painting and my sister, who's now a teacher at our academy, my sister was just little then and we're painting and she came out and decided she'd help paint. And we didn't know she was helping to paint. So she painted where we didn't want to paint with what we didn't want to paint. And my stepdad came around the corner. What are you doing? Helping. I want to make sure that we're not really helping God that way. Okay. I want to make sure that we're doing what he wants us to do. 
And so it's about help, but these, these Wednesday nights is about this. Uh, let me finish my other thought there. If we're looking for an adjective, a descriptive word, if we were to poll people as they were leaving the service, describing one word, what, what happened? I, you know what? I think that probably could be the best word as a goal rather than I'm, I'm happy or I'm sweaty you know, or whatever, whatever it would be. I'm confused. I, I, I felt all alone. I felt discouraged. I felt condemned. Why am I using all those words? Because I've left churches before feeling those ways. I left church before feeling more guilty than I went in. I've left church before, and I'm not talking about in recent years. I'm talking about in churches, my years coming up. Left churches felt beat up. I left churches with what I call the gym syndrome. G-Y-M. How many of you go to the gym and work out? Well, you don't raise your hand. I want to. How many of you would like everybody to think that you did? Okay. You know, sometimes I have you turn to each other and say, have you been working out? You know, it makes people feel good. Well, no. Uh, but I, I, I am blessed that I, I go to a personal trainer now, which is, and it's a blessing to me. Today was my first day back since surgery. So if I'm looking a little extra buff, that's probably, probably what it is. But um, when I used to would go to a gym and there's like a hundred people in there. When I would go in, I felt like everybody there knew each other. Everybody there came every day. And everybody there knew exactly what to do, except me. Everybody there was in great shape, except me. And I had that feeling, and I would hate for church to ever feel that way. That you came in and felt like everybody there knew each other. Nobody talked to you. Everybody there had their whole act together, except you. Everybody there was there all the time. You know, all all the things I just said. I don't want people to leave with that either. I want everybody to leave feeling helped. So the purpose of real life is this. To help you. And here's the second part. And to help you to help. Because we're going to talk about some things as we go along through this year. And I don't know. We may do this next year too if the Lord would direct. Because there's plenty of issues we can talk about. But... Some things we'll talk about, you say, well, you know what? That's not a problem in my life. But you know what? Wouldn't it be great for you to be equipped to help somebody? And we're going to get that practical and, and, and real about those things. Now, let me plow on for the sake of time here. The Bible has all the answers and instructions that we need. I'm going to try that again. The Bible has all the answers and instructions that we need. And God... Is the source of all help and healing. So if we have the Bible and if we have God. Let me put it to you this way. And I I have this in in my uh, book. Tough Times Don't Last. Which just came out. And I would encourage you to get it. And I read it recently. And it blessed me. I'm not kidding you. My own book. But because it's God's stuff. And as we sell them. Any of the proceeds from that. We're going to put toward the rooms that. We're redoing rooms for the next generation ministry. So I'm not getting a dime out of that. So I'm, I can freely promote the book by the book. 
And I believe it will help you. I believe it will encourage you. And it will also help us to do some rooms. Okay. Now, in the book I wrote this. And I believe this. And I don't know if it's original with me or not. And that's the problem with listening all the time and reading all the time. Sometimes I don't know where I got stuff. But I just bounce it through the word of God. And if, if it works through the word of God. But it's this. I believe that there is nothing locked in this world. In life. That God cannot unlock or show you the key. And you say, man, this situation, there's just no way out. This is just, uh, uh, no, don't say that. I believe no matter what it is, if it seems locked, God can unlock it and or show you the key. And so there are things that the world says that can't be helped. This can't be changed. Or you feel like, you know, I've, I've fought with this my whole life. I want to tell you something. There's nothing that is locked that God cannot unlock or show you the key. And he's the source of help. He's the source of healing. And this word gives us answers and it gives instructions. He's not just the great physician. Guess what? He's also, I believe, the great psychiatrist. And how many of you would like to make appointment with the great psychiatrist? Okay. And sometimes we, we, we say, well, I don't need that. I don't need any help. You know what? We do need help. And let me remind you again, you can't heal a wound by saying it's not there. Now, Psalm 119 verse 105 says this. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In the message Bible, it reads this way. By your words, I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. You know, I don't know if they still do or not because I don't do a lot of this anymore. But vacuum cleaners have a light on the front of them. Do they still do that? Some of them, you know, uh, but we need a light, a lamp unto our feet, a light into our path. I like the way the message says it throws a beam onto my path so that I can see where I'm going. Now, do you remember what I said about people repair? People repair has to be. Major in the ministry because people have damage. Why do they have damage? Because they've gone in the wrong directions and they made the wrong decisions. Why do people make wrong, go in wrong directions and make wrong decisions? I think because they don't have the right light. They don't have the right light. I find the older that I get, the more light I need. The other day I was putting on some cologne and spray, you know. I'm so glad they have spray now instead of, you know, because guys, if you're still doing that, that's too much. Okay. So sorry, I, I digress. But the other, the other day I was, and I went to spray the thing and there's just one hole where it's going to spray out of. I thought I had it lined up. I'm going, and it's going out this way. What was my problem? Light. It's light. And we make wrong decisions and we go in wrong directions and, and we don't know where we're stepping and we're stepping in wrong places because of a lack of light. And we want to bring God's word as light. Now, let me, let me tell you about light. The power of light depends on focus. Now in here, you've got these cans up here. They're called cans. And they have kind of a diffused light and that will light the room. And then there's a whole lot of lights on me up here. Not, not because I need that for attention, but so I can be seen because 
And not so much that I want to be seen, but I have to be seen because this is going all over the place right now. And so we don't want viewer fatigue and it look crummy and so forth. So these lights are stronger because they're more focused. Then you can take light and if you magnify that light. Now the power of light depends on its focus. The power of light depends on focus. You can take and magnify a light and you can start a fire. And you can so focus light that it becomes laser focused and you can cut steel. So what we're wanting to do is take the light of God's word. Get this now. Take the light of God's word and so focus it in on issues and problems and needs that it will cut steel. It will cut stone. It will get in there and really make the difference. We're going to get very, very focused on it. So again, the power of light depends on its focus. Now, biblical instruction, biblical correction. And you say, correction? Don't we bristle when we hear correction? I shared this with you. I learned this about two years ago. The best thing that can happen to you is to find out what's wrong with you. Say this with me. The best thing that can happen for me is to find out what's wrong with me. Yeah, I use the illustration this way. If, if you're a golfer, and for me, golf is my life. It's not. Come play. Well, I only play like once a year. I'm that good. Um, but if you went to a golf pro, a golf instructor, you know, to help you, um, the best thing that could happen is for him to find out what's wrong with your swing or whatever to help you and not just say, that's 25 bucks. Thanks for coming. You're awesome. No, the best thing that can happen for you is to find out what's wrong with you so that it can be fixed. And so that's what we're going to do through, through scripture here. Now, let me give you a list of a few of the topics that we're going to cover. Okay. Worry, anxiety, and fear. Is that anybody? Grief, insecurity, guilt, condemnation, depression, habits, and addictions. Eating disorders, pornography, anger, direction, finding the will of God, making decisions, forgiveness, communication, how to fight fair, families, singleness, parenting, marriages, on and on and on. And there's some other issues as we get stronger and braver. We're going to approach with the light of God's word and just zero in the light of God's word. And super focus the light of God's word. And it's going to help us so that we can get help. And so we can help some other people. Y'all up for that? Now, let me go just a little bit further tonight and then we'll, we'll stop. Root issues create fruit issues. All behavior is need motivated. If you look at, you know, a a bunch of kids, if you were a school teacher or if you watched a bunch of kids on the playground at a school or something, you're going to see some kids acting out in different ways. I have great compassion on them because I was, that's one of those kids. And you know what? All behavior is need motivated. Use that to measure in your own life. Why am I doing that? Why did I jump out and say that? Why did I act that way? Why did I withdraw? Why did did I get so angry at that? 
And all behaviors need motivated. And it, and, and it goes back to this. Root issues create fruit issues. And so often we're just trying to fix the fruit somehow. And actually we've got to go back and look at the root. Now, lest you think that we're going to get all psychological and, and all of that, you need to understand that scripture is practical. And scripture speaks to the whole man. And so you can't just pray a bless me prayer. Sometimes you have to address some things on why do you think that way? And what happened that caused you to go in that direction? And the, and the light of scripture will help us with this. And this is not a house of condemnation. This is a house of truth and grace and mercy. So you never need to feel like, oh, no, they're talking about this tonight. I don't dare go because then everybody think I have that problem. No, I've already given you the license, the cover. It's either to help you or it's to help you help. So if it helps you when you come in on the night of a different, difficult subject to go, uh, I don't need this. I'm just here to get some help to help. Fine. We believe you. We all need it. We all need this help. Now, Martin Luther said this. If you could keep the first three commandments, the rest would automatically happen. Because the first three actually is the root. The rest of it is the fruit. The first three, if we summarize, it's really this. It's, it's about getting centered up and settled that God is God in your life. And if you get centered up and settled about God being God in your life and no idols and not trying to do something whack in his name and honoring him and letting him be God in your life, you're not going to steal. You're not going to covet. You're not going to kill. You're not going to lie. You're not going to do all those other things and just getting it settled. If you take care of the root, the fruit, the fruit will be taken care of. And so we're going to be diving into these things. Jesus is your need meter. And all behavior being need motivated will come to him. God is our source for help and for healing. Let me read you this verse out of Psalm 103, verse 4 in the Amplified Bible. He redeems your life from the pit and corruption. Who beautifies, dignifies, and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. That's some help, folks. That he would redeem our lives from the pit and corruption, from destruction. And he would beautify, I love this, that he would beautify and dignify and crown you with loving kindness and with tender mercy. Now, one of the other things that we're going to do is every service we're going to give you, uh, as we talk about a topic, we're going to give you specific scriptures. I'm, I'm even thinking about doing it like a, a prescription, you know, with a little RX thing on there so that take and do this. We will put this in your hands. We'll have it online, you know, so that we, we can go and, and, and do these things, carry them with us and help ourselves and be, and be able to help others as well. Um, but we're also, I'm wanting to give an altar call at the end of those services because I'm challenging you. I'm charging you. You have people in your path. You have people in your proximity that need to get here to hear these things. And a lot of those people are going to want to give their life to Jesus because see, he's the answer. And that's what it's going to be about. Two things. And then I'll wrap up tonight. You need to know and believe that God is supernatural. That he can do things that you can't explain. I read in a a devotion, actually, um, 
Tommy sent me this week. Tommy, where'd you go? He's somewhere. Tommy. Um, and it, it said this, any room in your life, think of your life, any room in your life that has fear and worry is a room you've not invited Jesus into. And I've, I've had some things over the last few months even that, you know, bothered me, worried me, concerned me, even upset me. And I realized there were rooms in my life that there wasn't peace in that room or there wasn't comfort in that room or there wasn't strength in that room. And you know what? I realized I hadn't invited Jesus into that room. And he will do supernatural things for you. Don't think that this is, I've got to do this and I'm going to willpower and I'm going to fix it. You know, you've got to believe that you can invite Jesus to come into a room of your life, so to speak. Some of you are troubled tonight. And you know what? That room, so to speak, you need to invite the Prince of Peace to come in. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is real deal. I've had those rooms of my heart, of my mind, of my life. I've had him come in and maybe the situation hadn't changed, but the Prince of Peace came in the room and he brought a calm and he brought a healing and he brought a peace and I can't explain it, but I sure love it. And it's better than worrying and fretting and all of those things. Let me just finish up with this. Jesus was teaching one time and He said, there's a lost sheep and a lost coin and a lost son. What was common about all of them? Lost. And if you talk about the sheep, think about the sheep for a moment. Why was the sheep lost? I I think probably because he just got preoccupied being a sheep. And he's probably just eating and wandering around and humming sheep songs and looking and want, and at the end of the day he's way off from everybody he's lost how did he get lost just preoccupied guess what we do that and then this lady had a coin and she lost the coin how did the coin get lost i think she was careless i think we get careless and then the son that was lost well, how did he get lost i think two ways i think he was rebellious I also think he miscalculated things. But however that happened with the sheep, with the coin, with the son, they were lost. And Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. You've got to know that the major purpose of Jesus coming, as I told you on Sunday, was not just to give you a good life and make you happy and meet all your needs. He came to rescue us. And to introduce us to the Father. And Jesus has come so that we don't play church. I'm going to say it again. So we don't play church. And so we don't feel like we come in here, well, glory to God. And just act all whatever. Stop. Cut it out. Let's just be real. We have scars. We're, we go through stuff. It's called real life. Real life. One time I was in the Dallas-Fort Worth airport and I saw a couple, husband and wife, well-known in Christian ministry, super well-known in Christian ministry. And they were so mad at each other. They wouldn't even sit next to each other waiting on the plane. They were on the same plane too. And I'm just kind of watching this. 
And then she leaned over and said something to him. And he, and she got up and just kind of stormed off. Did I think for a second, bunch of hypocrites, bunch of fakes. You know, this is what I thought. Real people. I was actually a little relieved. Not that that would ever happen to me, but. I know I said I'd quit, but one more thing. Humility releases grace. He gives grace to the humble. The proud he withstands. And the more that we just humble ourselves before God, expose ourselves to the focused light of his word. I'm telling you what, he's going to help us. I said he's going to help us. And then he's going to help us so we can help somebody. Because we're not here to just do church and get all dressed up and act a certain way and do we're here this is real life folks and god has given us everything that we need for life let me put it this way real life and godliness and we're going to zero in like never before on these wednesday nights i want you to pray about people that are in proximity to you in life that you pray about getting them here we're going to give you some some uh things to help invite people as well and biggest thing is invite them. Uh, I'll be talking about that in a couple of weeks on Sunday morning. But the number one reason why people come to church is somebody asked them to come. Number one reason why people don't go to church is no one asked them to come. And uh, so I want to encourage you to do that so that we can get them some help and really get them to the helper. Amen. Uh, it's going to be fabulous. I already in my heart see this place packed out on Wednesday nights and not just packed out with people, but saturated with God's presence to help us. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight? All right. Let's do this real quick.